Welcome to Hacking Your ADHD, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, William Kerb, and on Hacking Your ADHD, I dig into the tools, strategies, and best practices that will help you work with your ADHD brain. Let me ask you, how long does it take you to unload the dishwasher? How about to take a shower? Or maybe, how long does it take you to process your email? In today's show, this is exactly what we're going to be looking into. Well, I'm not going to be the one timing you in the shower, but I'll be encouraging you to time yourself as we learn about how ADHD creates time blindness, what that means, and what we can do about it. Time blindness is the inability to accurately tell what time it is now, how much time is left, and how quickly time is passing. This makes time blindness a big component of ADHD, and why we often find ourselves living only in the now. When you are unable to accurately tell what time it is, you are going to be late. When you don't know how long something is going to take, you are either going to take too long to finish, or finish well before you predicted. Time blindness means you are going to struggle using your time wisely. For many of us, that means underestimating how long something is going to take. But you are undoubtedly going to hit that other side of the coin and overestimate how long something is going to take as well. I know I frequently find myself believing that I can do large projects in half the time, while also believing that going through the drive through to pick up coffee is going to take at least 30 minutes. Trust me, it's not. What I found is that basically our brains are great at confounding small things and minimizing bigger tasks. Both sides of this are important to address, because if you aren't accurately predicting how long things take, you are going to be unable to do any realistic planning. When I first started planning my days and using a planner, I didn't understand that my time predictions were completely unrealistic. As I planned my day, I would fill it to the brim and find myself behind by 9am. <sighs> it was demoralizing, and it made me feel like crap. I asked myself why I couldn't keep up with my plan. I never told myself that I was just bad at planning. I told myself that I was bad at executing. That I was bad. I didn't think that my time predictions were unrealistic. I knew I just wasn't working hard enough. And when I did realize my plan was bad, I ended up blaming the tool and not my ability to make those plans. I've gone through countless planners with only the first week or two filled out before I abandoned them. It wasn't until I started working on making more accurate time predictions that I realized I was using my planner wrong and actually got some use out of planning my day. And while using a planner can be important, I'm going to save that topic for a future episode. So let's get back to time predictions. Let's dive in here. Let's imagine that you are trying to clean your bedroom. Picture your room in your mind's eye. Alright, let's see what we've got and make a few time predictions here. Okay, there's a bunch of clothes on the floor, and all over that chair that I pretend is for something other than just putting dirty clothes on. And my daughter has left a couple stuffed animals in here, so we'll get those out too. And if I'm throwing the clothes in the hamper, that won't take too long. Let's give it like a minute, right? And if I'm cleaning in here, I should make the bed too. But I'm just going to toss the blanket back on and straighten the pillow, so easy peasy. And then there's trash and some extra glasses on my nightstand, but I can just take those down to the kitchen when I'm leaving. Yeah, it's a little messy, but eh, not that bad. All small stuff, really. 
let's say five minutes, right? I can do that before I leave in the morning. Okay, first step, grab the hamper. Let's fill that up. Okay, well that took longer than expected. And I'll just run this pile of stuffed animals over to my daughter's room. Okay, now we can just make the bed. Oh, hooray! More stuffed animals in here. And now we'll just take care of this trash on the nightstand. Okay, and now the trash can is overflowing, so we'll take that out real quick. And time check. Okay, 15 minutes, not great. And I actually need to leave the house in five minutes now, so is there anything else? The glasses. Okay, and we'll take those down to the kitchen and call this good. And if I missed anything else, I'll just have to get it next time. <sighs> okay, let's take a breath. I was having some flashbacks there. We've all been there. And I know at least I'm going to be there again sometime. I'm sure you will too. And as Brendan Mahan of the ADHD Essentials podcast says, some days the ADHD wins. But it doesn't have to win so often. And now we're going to work on some ways to make sure that that happens less often. First, what we're going to work on is creating more accurate time predictions. This is something I learned to do when I went through the ADHD Rewired coaching and accountability groups. I'll be honest, I didn't think it was going to be that important when I started timing things. My brain told me that I knew how long things took, and while sometimes I did have a pretty good grasp of things, there were plenty of things that I was off by miles. One of the most important things I learned through timing was that when you do any task, there are actually three parts. The setup, the doing, and finally, the cleanup. When I started, all I ever considered was the doing part. Let's say we decided to time track our showers. Well, if we are only timing the time we are in the shower, we are missing a few other parts that go into taking a shower. You might be waiting for the water to warm up, or be picking out a podcast to listen to. Oh, and there's a whole part of also having to take your clothes off. I mean, sure, I've gotten into the shower before still wearing my socks, but I can't recommend that experience. And of course, once you've finished your shower, you need to dry off and put on new clothes. Yes, that's still part of the time you should be timing for your shower. All three parts of this make up the whole of the task. Recognizing that a task is more than just the time it takes to do the doing part of a task has been a huge part of getting my brain to work around my time blindness. When you are seeing every part of a task, it makes accurate predictions so much easier. But... Let me acknowledge that just knowing this isn't going to solve everything. I still get tripped up with parts of tasks that are invisible to me. A great example of this is parking. Parking takes time, but my brain just kind of ignores that fact, and I often forget to build it into my planning. So let's say I'm trying to get to a 2.30 doctor's appointment, and my GPS tells me it'll take 30 minutes to get there. My first instinct is to plan on leaving at 2, or maybe even a little earlier to give myself some wiggle room for traffic. But it still doesn't give me enough time for parking, and you know, also walking into the building, which apparently also takes time. I'm sure you can think of plenty of examples of hidden setup or cleanup parts of tasks that you normally don't account for that make you habitually late and frustrated at your planning. 
Hopefully by now, you've seen why figuring out how long things actually take is so important when addressing your time blindness. And hopefully, you've decided that you are going to try timing some things. But let's take a second to look at a few pitfalls you might run into in this process. First, you might say, well, hey, I'll just check the clock before I start making dinner, and then I'll have a good idea of how long things take. Well, let me remind you, we forget things easily, and also that we are looking for accurate predictions here. When we just glance at the clock, we are going to just end up estimating how long things took, and that's how we first got into this mess. So, what I'm going to recommend is using a timer. And you're going to say, hey, great, I've got a timer on my phone. And I'm going to come back and say, no! Let's think about that for a second. Why wouldn't we want to use the dopamine roulette machine in our pockets to try and keep on task? Our phones are great for a lot of things. But in this case... I'm just going to recommend getting an actual timer here. And not just a kitchen timer. We want something like a stopwatch that counts up. This is vital because if you've got something that counts down and you predict something will take 15 minutes, what are you going to do when it takes longer? Reset your timer? No. Just get something that counts up and save yourself the hassle. I've got a few recommendations for the timers I like to use, and you can find those on the show notes page at hackingyouradhd.com slash podcast slash timing. But any timer that counts up will work. If you're able, I'd also recommend getting a few timers so that when you inevitably lose one, you'll still have one around, and because it's just handy to have them in different rooms around the house, or having one at the office and one at home. Personally, I also like keeping one in my car. To really solidify these learnings, what you're going to need to do is start writing these times down, and not only the amount of time these tasks take, but also your prediction of how long it's going to take. I've created a sheet that you can use for this that you can download on the show notes page for this episode at hackingyouradhd.com podcast timing. Once you've got your sheet set up, pick something that you want to time. Remember that your prediction is just a prediction. If something takes longer than predicted, that's okay. This is about developing time wisdom, not perfection. I predicted it would only take me 45 minutes to rewrite my brain dump on timing and turn it into the script, and my timer currently has me at 59 minutes. And we've still got some episode to go, but don't worry, not too much, so stick with me. Routine tasks that you do every day are great for timing, because when you're doing something every day, it is really handy to know how long those things are actually taking. If you are chronically late, this might be a great place to identify a few of those sticking points. Also, be sure to time these tasks a few times as well. You don't want to time an outlier and then base all your planning on the fact that you took a two-minute shower that one time. We're not going for the best time possible here. We're going for the most realistic time possible. One of the biggest hurdles with time tracking is both remembering to start your timer and then also to stop your timer once you are done. We love to just jump into tasks when the motivation hits us and it's easy to forget to time things. The key here is to really plan ahead on what you want to time. You don't have to start timing everything all at once. Maybe just start with timing one thing a day. Take your tracking sheet and your timer and put it somewhere you are planning on timing your first task. Maybe you need to leave it right on top of your keyboard or just in front of the coffee maker. Make it a priority and create a reminder of your intentions. Next is also kind of a tricky part. Stopping your timer. While it sounds really easy, this is one place I've seen a lot of people stumble, and definitely one I've stumbled on a lot. 
A key here is putting your timer someplace that you'll actually see it when you're done with whatever you're doing. For example, my timer for the script is running right below my monitor, which is great at reminding me how long this is actually taking to write. If just having the timer visible isn't working, I'd also recommend creating reminders to check your timer. Earlier I suggested buying more than one timer, and this is a great way to make use of those timers. Have your primary timer counting up to track your time, and your second timer counting down from your predicted time. I'd also like to remind you that you don't need to judge yourself if you aren't hitting your time predictions. Remember, this is called time blindness, which means we have trouble seeing time. So yeah, sometimes our time predictions are going to be pretty inaccurate. Timing yourself is about helping you correct your bad predictions, not about telling yourself you should be doing things faster. Once you start figuring out how long things take in reality, your planning is just going to be that much easier. Thanks for sticking with me all the way to the end. Before you go, though, let's do a quick rundown of today's points. 1. Get yourself a timer. You don't need anything fancy, but try to find something that isn't your phone and that counts up. 2. Make predictions on how long your tasks are going to take. Accurately predicting your time is a skill, and the more you practice, the better you will get. 3. Start timing your tasks and writing down the results. ADHD thrives with visual stimulus, and by creating something you can actually see, you are going to get a much bigger benefit out of this exercise. And that's it for episode 2. Check back next week when we'll be exploring how you can remember anything. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. You can find show notes for this episode at hackingyouradhd.com slash podcast slash timing. One of the best ways you can manage your ADHD is by connecting with others. So be sure to check out our social channels on Facebook at facebook.com slash hackingyouradhd and on Instagram and Twitter at hackingyouradhd. Or you can get me directly by emailing me at william at hackingyouradhd.com. And until next time, stay focused. Stay focused.